3: The slushy just wasted me. Oh, it's, co- it's <laughs> it yeah. fell on my it's face. An avalanche of slushy, eh? up your nose.
2: I had that before.
1: Now I imagine you're wearing a, a ve- heavy <laughs> vest. Yeah. How's oh,
3: it going so
2: far? You could <laughs> I'm gonna those put those
1: right. could Brian Tamaki is I'm down there. The
3: just so I can actually be hot. Okay. <coughs> and be relieved by the slushy.
1: <coughs> oh, sorry. I, I'm have seen them a
3: little message to say be careful when you're tilting it at 19?
1: Uh, you've been listening to New Forbes oh, yes. c- Struggling with slushy.
3: This is true I was having an issue With pouring it And I want to just Reach out to those uh, Prison guards To say Be careful when you Get it past 90 degrees It's like an avalanche Into your nose mm-hmm.
1: How are you going With yours Annabelle Lee?
2: I'm okay Can I just start by saying Pinch in a punch For the first of the month
3: And no returns for the day Wow That takes me back
0: Ben Thomas It's May Day as well. There'll just be workers rising up, pinching, punching (laughs) the the owners of capital everywhere.
3: Definitely the um, security at prisons will be rising up because they'll be asking why they can't have slushies and people from MB can have hair straighteners.
0: I I actually bumped into a defence lawyer today who was visiting one of his clients a while back before this hit the news and he said that a guard offered him a slushie. There you
3: go, sharing it around.
0: To really? Yeah, Flash this is a this, this is a guy who defends hardened criminals. <laughs> 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 was it uh, Golriz Garaman? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, no, it was a it was a lower profile uh, a low barrister. Um, uh, this it, is,
1: by the way, uh, the spin offs podcast supported by Flick Gone by Slush Time, and we're all drinking slushies here today um, in honour of the major. Political story of the week. Cheers. Oh, which oh, cheers. is um, which is Bali. the revelation that corrections have spent. A lot of money. How much? Been you know, fact one
0: point one million dollars almost on a whole host 19. of slushy machines but to keep the guards But can we just clarify? Cool is that during?
2: just for the machines, or does that also include the syrups and the sugar? Because if it includes the syrups, that's actually value for money. Also,
1: the power. As someone who's, what had, is it like? Is we've it? We've like? got a slushy machine going in the office. We got one. On yeah. How
3: much did you pay for yours? The
1: slushy machine I think, was about three hundred bucks to rent, but the power on that thing, don't yes. you think, but Tina? Hello, you know you Tina, can who's in, in charge up. of running? The, no,
2: actually, it's
1: been chewing through the
0: power. Don't you you think? know,
2: you no, can you can wire them up though, and they can actually generate power.
0: And <laughs> oh because there's a, there's yeah. a, a there's turbine, the, the inside. turbine inside. Yeah, a dynamo. <laughs> yeah. A dynamo it's But
3: you know, I think <laughs> look, the district look, back into the national grid. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well this would our friends at Flick will really get it. that. This. It's this, their thing. This oh.
3: opens the door really to solar pan- panels on prisons yeah. to be able to generate those slushy machines. Mm-hmm. In order to and keep also the what are they drinking cool. out of? Are they keep cups? Keep oh, great cups. point. Good great question. Point. Keep cup. Maybe
1: just sort of hovering underneath in a layback <laughs> style, and just <laughs> putting back
3: <laughs> the old dental chair that's yeah. been yeah, because they'll be cheap as chips now. They'll probably pick them up in the white up a secondhand shop. Just wheel them in and lay back.
0: Is it a full service agreement? Is it like when you have a water cooler in the office and every month some guy comes around and just like dumps this giant sack of crushed ice and food coloring yeah. <laughs> into the tank? That's right. Yeah. Um, the story of the And slushies.
3: you know, in prisons, what colour?
1: Well, we've got a range. <laughs> red We've got I mean, a red yellow. one and a white one and a yellow one.
3: I mean, because you wouldn't be able to really do gang colours? Yeah. Oh, I didn't understand. You I couldn't said. have so you didn't didn't up up on that, the I didn't, No, I didn't understand. What you,
1: I just thought I mean, you were you talking do about do the lovely range raspberry. of colours. Traffic lights. We couldn't do blueberry. Like in common Co. Mm.
2: Couldn't do Coke. Everyone break. just have the Pink Panther one because it's, it's the best flavour anyway. A little bit of cream? The reason Um, that the slushies are in the news is because
1: um, uh, Simon Bridges drew attention to it over the weekend and got some headlines, and then it turned into a little bit of a does this somehow encapsulate the threats to his leadership, which are hanged by a string a bit, and there have been various questions after Judith Collins and Simon Bridges, who emerged grinning from caucus meeting yesterday, Tuesday. But since we have... Annabelle Lee here, executive producer of The Hui, and Mahi Forbes, who is the host of The Hui. I wanted to ask you first, Annabelle, do you have, can you say you've got, you trust completely Mahi?
2: Completely. Do you
1: completely, but will you actually say that? Are you wanting to say the words I trust I Mahi I trust
2: Mahi with my children and my life and my favourite shows. And
1: Mahi, you'd say, able to say you have total confidence I in Annabelle's to, leadership?
3: I want her to have my children. <laughs>
1: So you have of the Do confidence. you have complete confidence Com- complete in confidence. his leadership of the hood?
3: Confidence and trust. Absolute trust. A, well, I did leave an organisation kind of because of her. So, you okay.
1: know. See, that wasn't that hard, so right? Trusty. But For it's Judith so cool. Collins and Simon Bridges, it was quite tricky to, to say those words. Such oh, no, totally.
3: To, to, I even trust you. What? I trust you too.
0: You trust Judith? No, you. Me? Yeah. Oh, good. Go. Oh, so you mean just concerned the, about anyone? The next, <laughs> no, the next level
3: out I trust you. you oh, know, I I'm good at trusting.
0: I think it's all very unfair. Not sure what I've these, <laughs> these people being, you know, Judith, and, Judith Collins and Simon Bridges being confronted with these questions on their way into work mm. by press gallery reporters. You know, look, as Simon Bridges said, this is the new national party. This is a newer generation. They don't like to put labels on things. Mm. They don't, they don't like to be tied down to traditional definitions of loyalty and support. You know, they they have a modern relationship. Mm. Mm. A, a, I wish though that we just open had- relationship. <laughs> it's the political gig economy.
2: I just wish though that we had like different ways of asking those questions, so it's not the same thing every time. Do you trust Sansa? Do you trust Sansa? Like, mm. can we like mix it up a bit, reporters? Can we say stuff like, Simon? Would you give Judith? the passcode to your cell phone right because you know would mm, you no. let Simon would Judith would you let Simon go
3: through your emails
2: well yes. it's, oh, it's, right. it's, and,
0: and she did during the investigation into the forced Jamie, Jamie Lee Rossley pretty much fourth, but so.
3: I think that reporters need to be more innovative in their question lining mm. and question, questions to those MPs mm. And those particular trust issues. Mm, that's sort Just of specific like example. Mix it up, turn it
1: upside so down. Just general trust exercises, so like yeah. sort of try them actually well, on know the what, caucus run. The you know, they've back. got to fall backwards. <laughs> 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 I'm invite Simon bridges to fall backwards, and Judith is there. Will she catch? You? No, yeah. what, what they you
3: do, do is they get two, like maybe uh, Judith and um, say Nikki Kay, and Simon has to run to the caucus door, <laughs> and they've got to trust that it, they're not going to close the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. It's just it some
1: ideas. Um, we're available for further consultation on this at any time. Um,
3: I think the slushy. slushy. <laughs> I think the slushy's making me a bit silly because of the sugar.
1: Because of the sugar. The sugar, that's, that's the well. sugar. It's the sugar. sugar. It's the sugar in there that's making everyone slur their speech.
0: Maybe Nationals should have attended the Works, uh Treasury workshop. Oh, that mm. the 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 kind of positive vibes, cards against humanity card game that Mm. our most powerful central agency is now using to manage its analysts' feelings and relationship skills. Mm. Yeah, I think um, TV3 reported on it. Um, sun feelings, moon feelings. What um, are
3: your feelings at the moment, Ben? Sun, my, my, my
0: feelings are that something has gone deeply wrong within Treasury. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, um, the, the advertisement for this event was talking about, uh, uh, you know, sort of imagining a society so compassionate that it will rewire our national consciousness. I mean, somebody, somebody's consciousness has been rewired at Treasury. Um, there's been, you know, it reminds me of, you know, one of those sort of 60s kind of communes, which mm. all end in mass murder after a sort of summer of love.
3: <laughs> I've seen some t-shirts around lately saying "be kind." I wonder if it's got something to do with the whole kindness
1: thing. It's it's definitely part of that whole uh, well-being industry, isn't it? Which mm. is, although I think there's probably a lot of good attached to it, there are a lot of people as well who see an opportunity to cash in. Um, and heart, the heart work card game game, to dollars plus back on topic. Sorry. Um, it, it, um, Grant Robinson has kind of distanced himself from it, so did the Prime Minister, I think, but it is the wellbeing budget, isn't it, Ben, at the end of this month of May? It is the wellbeing budget. And uh, does the government um, stand open to criticism in terms of that being woolly as an idea when it has sort of circular card games being played in the
0: Treasury well, Building? Uh, we, we don't know yet. Um, you know, I imagine it will be a traditional budget with a few more metrics attached to it. You know, this well-being dashboard that Treasury have up on their website that talks about how it's better to spend money on people not being lonely than people not having um, rheumatic fever, I think. Or is it diabetes? Yeah. Um, Got to start somewhere, though. Budget, don't you? Well, yeah it's 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 all a big it's all a big first year political philosophy nerd fest, you know, sort of utilitarianism. You know, everyone's calculating how many utils something is worth, and um, I mean, it all it all seems a bit you know it seems a bit silly in the kind of preamble, but I mean, it will just be a normal budget with this kind of rhetoric attached, and with a few more things that are being measured. Um, You know, the, the government's got. Some some issues, you know, that it needs it's, to address. It's just I'd like special.
3: to see if it if it actually works. Eventuates, it. so like mm. you said, there's a matrix. You've got to hit. Um, you, you know, you've got a uh, pr- 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 proposals to the minister, and mm. in there, you've got to say it's going to be environmentally friendly. It's going to work for Maori and these areas, and. What a, what a, what examples look, did you say? Some other things. Um, you know, this will this, this, this will be the litmus test for them because we were Annabelle and I were talking about this in, on the way in, and we were saying, you know, Fano order basically ticks all of those boxes. So, hmm. will we see if this government is actually going to say yes? Actually, oh, you've got three ticks out of five there, so you're going to get funding as opposed to something that's not ticking the boxes. Uh, well, let's just wait and see.
0: I mean, all of this stuff originates, you know, from the idea that. GDP is a poor measure of how well a country is doing, that we can't just measure things on how much stuff is made, bought, and sold. You know, that's that's a reasonable assumption. And people used to point to Bhutan, which um, adopted gross national happiness mm. as its measure. They would say, why can't we be more like Bhutan? And B- Bhutan has the largest group of stateless people that it keeps living in refugee camps without any rights or citizenship. Um, so you know you do have to do more than just put measures in place. You know it can't just be um, a PR exercise. You know it's it's no good if we're publicising well-being, but you know people are still suffering.
3: In terms of its um, responsibility, the government and successive governments to Maori, uh, they wouldn't have had to put in the wellbeing budget had they, had they have kept the closing the gaps and policies like that, because uh, that's you know this, the wellbeing budget is kind of to scoop up all of those you know Maori that aren't doing well and others as well.
1: And it's designed to look for on a longer trajectory, isn't it? So that some of those programs, which something like Wanawaro, which is not designed necessarily to have an impact within a 12-month cycle, mm. but, s- but a 12-year cycle or something. That's part of the thing behind it.
3: Will they get any more money, order? order?
1: Um, I haven't actually been s- seen the budget, the budget. No, plan, no,
3: one, no one has, but there's been promises. Yeah, there's been a lot of promises. Well, there is about.
1: a big challenge now, and we'll come to it in a bit, but um, given that this is the year of delivery, and it's a transformative government, and we've just seen the defenestration of the great capital gains tax pledge, which it kind of was, I think it's fair to say it's a pledge, certainly a determination on the part of the Prime Minister to introduce it, which has now been completely thrown out. This budget is, is, is takes on even more importance, doesn't it, in terms of being the year of delivery, whether it's on housing or mental health or um, just generally the underprivileged parts of New Zealand? Mm,
2: I think, well, capital gains tax, I think people were looking at it as probably the most effective tool to try and introduce some um, equality across the board. And now that's been pulled off the table. They're going to have to pull some some tricks out of their hat to be able to do that. And, you know, seeing what happened with capital gains tax remind, rem- reminded me not so much of John Key and the superannuation, but a lot of what happened with closing the gaps. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, that is MMP. She, you know, she needed um, Winston to get on board and um, and he wouldn't. Um, I wonder about, you know, what she was actually given by the tax working group. Did it go too far in terms of saying that businesses should be included and that sort of thing? Did they make it too... Difficult, too, um, distasteful. Um, I don't know, but um, but certainly on, on my Twitter feed, which of course is the font of all knowledge, um, there was a lot of disappointment, particularly from young Maori, young people, full
3: stop. Really, yeah. There's,
1: it's 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 an interesting example of really the the base uh, uh, genuinely crossed for the first time in mm. this government and. Uh, the greater gain, you can see the political advantage in it. Absolutely, Even notwithstanding yeah. the Winston element, there's obviously the political advantage in that it spikes the guns of the main oppositional argument, which is you know tax, 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 under and all that stuff. Mm. You know, but it's it, they were already gearing up. I mean, the election isn't that far away, right? You know, yeah. a year from now we'll be in full election mode, and that was the. That was going to be a central part of it, wasn't it's it? It's the
2: ben? worst thing that could have happened to National, and particularly particularly to um, Simon Bridges, was, was that getting pulled off the table. It's great for Labour. I'm interested to know, Ben, do you think if Labour got a clear majority next time or Labour and the Greens, do you think it would be reintroduced or is, that just, is it dead in the water forever?
0: The the prime minister has promised that under her there won't be a capital gains tax, um, and that she won't campaign on it, she won't introduce it, and it won't be policy. So, although I th- according to Kate Hawksby,
1: she's going to be headhunted by the UN by this somebody true, the yes. UN that hires people to She's halfway be, up the door, and so she's gone. <laughs> so maybe she won't be there. Maybe that's what's going on. I,
0: I suspect that's quite unlikely, but there, you know that does raise the spectre of say, you know, if she decided to hand off the prime ministership. Um, you know, to Grant Robertson in the same way that John Key effectively did to Bill English. You know, could that position change? Well, we did see Bill English soften on the super stuff um, in terms of you know where Key had been, which was no changes ever. Bill said, you know, we'll have some changes over a longer period of time. So you could have, you know, you could see it in those circumstances, but not while Jacinda Ardern is the Prime Minister. It's a
2: curious thing, though, because, you know, this is a person who a year and a half ago was making captain's calls about, you know, bringing it in, come hell or high water, Mm. and now she's saying that she will never, ever, ever do it, even if everything changes, so...
1: That was as much of an interesting part, wasn't it? And that's mm. why I think in a way that the uh, John Key superannuation anal- analogy was yeah. drawn, is that yeah. there's basically a decision has been taken to just completely extract all the sting of that and just go, all right, that's off the table completely. Let's not yeah. talk about it anymore. And... You know, the, could, the, she uh, the could
3: she have kept it on the table? She could have, just, um, she y- could have kept it on the table and just, you know, people I was talking to were saying, you know, like, I, you know, keep it on the table, keep it alive. She didn't have to throw it out. No, um, she could
1: have. And if and, and if there was, because remember, of course, the, the the political party that is the most cross about this are the Greens, mm-hmm. and on current polling. Labour Green government is, is, would, would, would just get across the line. Sorry about that drilling, folks. Yes. Um, it's a rival it's, podcast, so it's, the dentist. <laughs> it's the dentist
3: underneath <laughs> trying to drill up to get some slushies. slushies.
1: <laughs> um, uh, should we pause, Tina, or yeah, we're just going to pause. Apologise for that interruption to normal service. Uh, we were speaking uh, when interrupted by that drilling from a local dentist or rival podcast. Um, we were talking. What were you we talking about? We were talking about politics. Politics. Thing. Politics. Uh, I, I think. I think. I think we capital were Gaines. talking about how the Greens would be crossed about oh, yeah. capital gains tax thing, particularly. And of course, it would be possible for Jacinda Ardern to say, "If you give us a." Mandate, then we yes. will in the next election. Pursue well, if she passes, it. She just goes to the to
3: UN and passes over to Grant Robertson, Lance the
1: Boyle. Yes. Yeah,
0: which I think is maybe what they were worried about—the idea that you know, the national podcast yeah. be
1: discussing that very possibility.
0: That national, yeah, that national would still be able to say, oh. look yeah, you escaped a capital gains tax this time, but you'll be getting one next time if Labour are elected. Um, And so that would still be what they would be talking about during the election the same way um, as they were, you know, in the last election, you know, what what counts as the family home, what about lifestyle, block owners, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Which, you know, I think one problem, you know, it's been brought up by a few people, is that, you know, the government, one, didn't make a case for a capital gains tax, they really left it to Michael Cullen to just sort of yeah. wander the desert, sort mm, yeah. of, you know, the prophet kind of, the prophet madman yeah. sort of spreading the gospel. Tax mm. God. And, uh, and um, I have a suspicion that they maybe weren't prepared for an in-depth co- policy debate. Mm. It, it didn't strike me mm. that the Prime Minister felt particularly comfortable talking about, you know, the potential effects on business. Mm. Um you know, sometimes I I think that you know the senior ministers in this government do have a pretty narrow understanding of policy and of um, of government. You know, but most of them do come from the, You know, their interests are in those social services portfolios. They're not really economically minded. It's
2: very diplomatic of you, Ben. Keep going.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean if if you just look at you know where they where that where they were in opposition, um, Grant Robertson before he was finance spokesperson, you know, very much. Um, you know, in those social roles, uh, Jacinda Ardern, the Prime Minister, very much in those social roles. In terms of sort of policy heft, kind of economic now, so I guess you'd say, you know, it's, it's really those guys like David Parker, who don't yeah. have a huge public profile, who are m- not as accomplished as communicators, and not as sort of, you know, prominent with the public. Mm. I mean, isn't there a
1: sense as well, though, just in terms of the, I guess, cost-benefit analysis of spending the time that it would be required to win that battle and what would happen in the meantime? Actually, they'd whittled down the capital gains tax so far by ruling out Mm. the family home, by doing all these different things that meant that the actual, what you'd be bringing in, in the foreseeable future, certainly, was so minimal that what was it all for? But symbolically, it's much more than that because mm. it's meant to be a generational change. It's meant to be mm. transformative. And, you know, to repeat what we've heard time and time again, there have just been an entire, whatever you want to call it, generational, generational class who have who have just absolutely milked it, mm. making money out of uh, property.
2: I hate those guys. Anyway, keep going. <laughs>
1: But it's true, right? And so the message it sends to to, to, to people, you know, under the age of three or four hundred, who have not <laughs> been in, able to just purchase property, buy another one, and laugh, um, is actually maybe this is not what we were promised after. And I would say that it means that the the expectation now is what is next. And I think it puts a lot of a lot more onus on the government to follow through on the proclaimed nuclear moment of the generation, you know, so there's talk that the Carbon Act um, is coming soon and there may have been a deal reached on that. But if if the Prime Minister can't really, really do something bold on that front, then I think the year of delivery is going to be looking
0: pretty shabby. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, yeah. there's been a lot of talk that mental health will be a big focus in the budget in terms of more funding, you know, and, and this is uh, because Labour campaigned really heavily on this. Mm. You know, there was a, a lot of sort of weeping on the steps of Parliament, talking about youth suicide. And in the year and a half that they've been in government, they've done they've done actually less than nothing. Um, they have cut. I think 17 programs or pilots um, in the mental health area, including you know sending mental health workers out with police on callouts, um, you know, which then ended up being a recommendation from the, their their much vaunted sort of mental health inquiry anyway. Um, and Isn't we s- the review not out yet? The, the review came out last ye- end of last year, December. Yes, yeah, so what, there was something but just
3: recently about what they've missed out a chunk of it.
0: Jess McAllen <laughs> wrote a story and stuff yesterday uh, saying that you know underneath that single mm. report, there were reports in sort of subcategories that, that sort of summarised all of the evidence and uh, were meant to be a bit more Fokamanoa exhaustive.
3: report. Mm, yeah, which-
0: and, and the, the Maldi Issues report was, mm. you know, the draft was written by the people who were commissioned to do it and then it sort of it was put sent, sent in for sort of peer review and suddenly it emerged Did about half of the length with was <laughs> everything easy. was changed um, and and there haven't been any satisfactory answers mm. as to why it was changed and some of the you know some of the the changes to the text Basically, uh, sort of mollified, kind of criticism that the draft report had made of the inquiry and its process. So you know those sorts of things, and you know we know that about the the Māori issues report. Mm. We don't know what happened with all of the other sub reports. So there is a question about whether the evidence, you know that the you know the inquiry heard the evidence in the same way that other people who were present there heard it, and you know is it a reliable document. To actually start spending up big on,
3: it's going to be really difficult for uh, those Maori MPs who have those seats. You know, if uh, if they're not if their people aren't satisfied in those communities with um, the outcomes or the recommendations from the mental health or the state abuse and the energy review and all those kinds of things, where we've heard promises from politicians, uh, particularly in those regions where um, Maori. Uh, you know, really struggling in terms of housing and those kinds of things. So, come, what is it? How many months away is it? You know, the next election. Um, you know, I think we forget that uh, Labor has the seven seats and they have to show what they've done for them. Speaking I hope those,
2: oh. like you know, all those advisors and stuff, aren't thinking that because there's no um, sort of Maori parties anymore, viable Maori parties that they can just fuck Maori around this term. And
3: get
1: away went, with it. I think it's the sugar. <laughs> Not a sugar. Um, it's can, the sugar can, on the on, on seats because
2: because you know they think mm. they can just cruise back in next just time. Just
1: as a as a as a sidebar to that, it's interesting that there's um, suggestion that there, um, which is the National MP who's keen to the list MP Joe. Joan,
2: oh, Joanne Hayes. Joan Hayes
1: is keen, and and it, it's an interest. it would be an interesting development, wouldn't it, if National went decided to go again for the for the, for the Māori seats, because in one way, it would be quite a, a strong statement of moving past the kind of Don Brash era. You Have know? you seen where You've national
3: got, gets in terms of party votes in the Māori seats?
1: Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, I New mean,
3: Zealand first beats
1: them. So symbolically though, you could say, well, then you, you have a national party with a Maori leader, a Maori deputy leader, and that yeah. is drawing a line mm. under a whole sort of generation <laughs> of thinking. That that, that well, I mean, their policy is still to scrap the Maori seats. I think strictly speaking, mm-hmm. I don't think they've actually officially changed that. I'm um, just curious to know what you think, because but it would also, even though it's tiny support, it wouldn't be very good for the rebuilding of the Maori party. I think sweep I think any files.
2: party wanting to contest the Māori seats is, is a great thing for the Māori seats. The more the merrier, and and they sh- it should be a, a contest in those seats. It shouldn't be any one party cake them. So if National do decide to stand, then I think that's a that's a great thing. You know whether it has any actual impact. Um, no, I don't think it will.
1: Um.
2: But plus, I, I just don't see it happening. Tob, they can't be saying they're gonna <coughs> disestablish them on one hand, and then have Joanne running somewhere.
3: But I, I mean, the Maori Party's still there, bubbling away and doing their thing. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how strong they are in terms of contending the next election and all those seats. But what I will say about Maori is that they are very political people, and uh, if you know, promises are broken or not. Um, uh, met, You know, the people are talking all the time. Māori are talking all the time about who they need to you know, to represent them. Um, there's big organisations now. You know, Iwi have got $50 billion of asset base and things like that. And so um, it'll be interesting if, you know, if we don't see whānau order get some more money, if we don't see mm. the Māori vote get more money, mm. I think that it will be very different for those Māori MPs and... This current government, in terms of the uh, the feedback that they get from Maori voters, next
2: election would be a great election to have a new Maori movement start because with the with the cannabis referendum, Mm. I you know I'm predicting that there should be a much higher Maori turnout than usual, and so and younger. So if um, if there was a Maori movement to begin, next election would Mm. be a a good time. Mm. That's the lefty lost
0: city of gold. The, yeah. the, the cannabis referendum, this idea that the missing million will sort of stream out of sewers and manholes
3: and it'll be like uh, us, everyone will true. emerge and, from the underground
0: and, and, stuff and, 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 and voters, cast their ballots and, <laughs> and
3: Māori voters that voted but, for the Māori Party aren't too far off Māori <laughs> voters who vote for the Green Party you know, they're similar people it just depends who's, uh, what's being promised mm. um,
1: Let's talk briefly about the Bullying review that's happening. Um, Annabelle, underway. Annabelle bullies um,
3: mm. me all the time. Mm.
1: Well, okay. Well, let's 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 talk about that for a little while. Um,
0: the start date for that review. Would you like is to revisit
1: your? Suggestion
3: Actually, you Annabelle have doesn't bully me, but I have been bullied, and it's pretty. It's not good.
1: No. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. No. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's very very not good. You've no. worked in Parliament before, Ben, and um, it's a very. I worked High in Parliament until the eighth of
0: October two thousand and fourteen, which is the start date for the review into bullying. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in
1: the, I'm in the cl- literally true. Yeah,
0: literally it was the beginning true? of the third right. term of the national government. So right. I'm in the clear. Thanks, lucky. Like you. No I mean, one has any recourse. No, I got away with everything.
3: Plus, I didn't have Twitter that's, back then.
0: That's the end of my thoughts on the bullying review.
3: I mean, we
2: have do,
0: do what you will, Trevor. We, we we've
3: all um,
2: heard stories about MPs behaving badly. Um, none that we can talk about on this podcast because we'll all get sued for defamation. But I don't think you need to um, work in Parliament to know that there um, is a toxic culture there. But I thought Andrea Vance's um, article was interesting because I didn't realise how far it stretched. I thought it was sort of ministers and MPs treating their staff poorly, I didn't realise that it was also actually within Mm. parliamentary services as well.
1: And the Office of the Clerk, there's a lot of, I mean, and, and Andrea Vance's piece which is in the Star Times like maybe a fortnight ago, a week and a half ago?
0: There, there was one a week and a half ago and there was one this Sunday, mm. a follow-up, yeah. The staff
1: spoken to by staff described what they felt was a, quote, 100% toxic workplace, quote, petulant and unprofessional behaviour from senior staff and gender intimidation 12 men and 23 women have left over the course of that period that was being quite, I mean, it's it does sound particularly bad. Bad. The
2: thing about workplace bullying too is that you really only need one bad apple and you can completely change the culture of an organisation and it's like staff start to develop battered wife syndrome where people become accepting of of the bullying and And the the abuse and the behaviour and nobody wants to speak out for fear of you know, attracting it towards them. So And there's nothing
1: no other place like Parliament though because mm. it's got so many you know, I mean it's a place where literally a kind of someone dressed up as black rod bangs a stick against the door of Parliament, has all these trappings, all these strange things. Whereas if you work in Retail or Hmm. podcasting, then you Mm, might go and work in a different one and you could actually have a way of measuring how it works. Often being seen seen as a a bully in
2: parliament is often seen as a strength. You know, if you can get into the debating chamber and and, um, and really throw down and be hideous, then people, it's actually something that's revered there rather than. It's reported um, on
3: the six o'clock news. Mm.
2: So it's a strange place. Where's the National Review at, Ben?
0: <laughs> Where is the National Review at? So National, Simon Bridges, I think, asked for the National Party to do an internal review of its culture mm. in the wake of the Jamie Lee Ross, the allegations about Jamie Lee Ross, mm. which I'm sure he'll cover in his new podcast, Unfiltered. Yeah. Jamie Lee Ross's new podcast. Yeah. yeah. His, his Mental may Health may he Journey have podcast.
3: Day. We've been invited. Um, I, assume no, ja- I assume that,
0: I assume that, Jamie Lee Ross will go into detail about the allegations that he bullied and harassed staff. He won't have guests; and, uh, he'll just play tapes. <laughs> that's right. Special <laughs> guests who will only discover their he special guests once social media covered. Um, and he, you know, and and because of these allegations, there were you know, uh, in particular, allegations that uh, he, that Jamie Lee Ross and his um, associates had been harassing a local board candidate in Auckland. Um, there was a review into you know whether the national party is doing enough to to keep women safe essentially um, in the party and the reporters we understand finished, but nobody knows where it is they apparently didn 't talk to any uh, women MPs. Oh. Um, it's not clear who they talk to.
2: Simon says he hasn't even read it.
0: Si- Simon hasn't read it. He says they'll release it when the Parliamentary Review into bullying is released, even though he said that it's nothing to do with Parliament and none Did of the he? MPs Did were. he say he would release it? Well, he said it would be released oh. at the time that okay. the Parliamentary Review came out because he said that timing was appropriate, even though apparently it has nothing to do with Parliament because no women MPs were spoken to, um, even though MPs like Joe Hayes have been quite... Um, Outspoken about sexism around Parliament. Mm. So, I mean, who knows what actually happened? Apparently, some health and safety expert conducted the review. So maybe it was just a re- you know a review of policies. You know, they looked at the National Party's policies about harassment and were like, yeah, it's fine. Nothing here that says
1: good harassment is good. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> here right. that encourages bullying.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, it's it's a Seems strange one. Fine. There's, there's, um I think there's a lot of unhappiness in the National Party. You know, outside Parliament. Itself right now, and and maybe this is you know how some of that is being expressed.
3: It's been a bit of bullying around certain bishops. being not saying things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are we talking about that today?
1: We can if you like. That could link us right back up to, to the slashes. Yes. Um, Brian Tamaki, who uh, the, in a sort of almost, I mean, it is it's an easy comparison to make, but it is a very Trumpesque tweet in terms of its mm. phrasing and. Weirdness," he uh, said. That he, um, if he didn't get support for the Man Up program, which Destiny's Church runs in New Zealand prisons, that there was, that they might incite riots. Were riots in every and make pro- riots interna- interna- internally by, in the, each yeah. prison
3: around the country. Which is
1: pretty. And then, when questioned on that on RNZ, he said, "Oh no, mm-hmm. that was just to get you guys to pay attention." And then he was offered the opportunity to withdraw that threat, and he said no. <laughs> and then there was what came next. The next day there the was gang, political about, gang. What's to do being gang raped? Yes. Um, I don't know. What do we? What do we? What do we do with the with Bishop I, I Tamaki? I think Matthew
3: Tukaki tu from the Māori Council probably hit the nail on the head when he said, "If your program is good, uh, then put it through." The processes that are needed, so we can see it for ourselves, and then we can throw money at it. But until you do that, we can't evaluate a program that we don't know anything about. I mean, um, it's, I mean, they call it an indigenous. I'm, I heard on a, I read on a tweet uh, that basically the the allegation was that the government was denying Maori an indigenous tool or program. Um, I don't. I, I that. There doesn't appear to be anything Indigenous about the Man Up program to me.
1: It's, I mean, it's not, it's a nice, it's a good, it's a fantastic idea having an Indigenous program that helps Indigenous people in prison to come to terms with issues around masculinity and domestic violence. But so far, what has at least come to public attention isn't very encouraging, such as one participant, one trainer, one tutor on it. posting online that the problem was the victims of domestic violence. Do you remember that? It was about six months ago. I mean, it clearly... Yeah, I
3: think, I, I think it's, um, you know, for those, for Māori that are in prisons doing really amazing indigenous programmes with, um, um, you know, prisoners at the moment, you know, learning reo and learning about tikanga and where they're from. I mean, I think about the work of Moore Elder, where she's working with a... Uh, You know, youth justice and uh, just reconnecting them with their marae and things like that. Those are the most powerful indigenous programs that you can get. But these people have been working for a long time, working out how to do this.
0: And plus, I mean, Destiny Church are going a bit troppo. You know, they've started. You know, recently they had protests outside the Elmore Mosque in Christchurch. I mean, they really are kind of going that Westboro Baptist route. Of just being kind of pointless provocateurs. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, maybe this, maybe Britain. they're going to have another. But you know, run a, a political party in twenty uh,
3: twenty, quite
1: possibly. Certainly, they are succeeding if the goal is simply publicity. Then it's if
0: su- the their goal is to make people mad. Um, <laughs> um, let's, let's before
1: we uh, say farewell, just touch briefly on Jacinda Ardern's um, flying visit to Paris, which is happening in I think just under a fortnight, uh, where she will with uh, President of France Emmanuel Macron release the Christchurch call which is in order to address extremism and violence in social media and try and get a whole lot of nation states and um, corporates to agree on strategies to stop it happening. Is this something that is a big deal or is it a risk of being just a very kind of flaccid, well-intentioned piece of paper?
2: I think it's important because, you know, those social media platforms are really um, um, places where people with those sorts of views flock and feel like their views are normalised and their behaviours are normalised. I have to say, though, I'm really frustrated as well because... Um, there's actually some ish, some quite simple issues, very achievable, that Jacinda could be addressing right here, and that is that um, the Parliamentary Services website hosts, frankly, what are um, racist, ugly petitions that are published online all the time. And I recently complained um, about one which was calling for an end to the preferential treatment of... Maori, it was filled with absolute nonsense and um I thought, you know, it was provoking resentment and hatred towards Maori. Um, that was completely ridiculous because, I mean, unless you want to be the most imprisoned and the most unemployed and the sickest and all of that there really is no Māori privilege and um, I contacted Parliamentary Services through their Twitter page, of course, and um, they absolutely stand by it and talk about how, you know, it's their job to host those things and as long as they're respectfully racist and they don't swear then it's totally fine. So when parliament is prepared to host what is essentially um, not necessarily a form of hate speech but super offensive material like that, then um, why would Facebook do any different? Why would we expect Facebook to make any changes? Why do we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on taxpayer monies on, uh, on campaigns like give nothing to racism when parliament hosts racist petitions? It's ridiculous.
1: It doesn't
0: sound and homophobic ones, which
2: Joanne Hayes, Joanne Hayes, recently received, didn't she? Yeah, but
0: I mean, I I think MPs have to receive petitions. You know, people have to have the right to go to their elected representatives and petition them for whatever crazy harebrained you know, stuff they want, and this and it happens all the time. And most of these petitions go straight in the bin, Um, but you can't. I, I don't think we should ever get to a space where. You know, the people's representatives, MPs, are saying, I don't like your views, I'm not even going to receive your bit of paper. Um, I think New Zealanders Why? always need that well, right. It's
2: not an absolute right that people get to express views like that.
1: Well, it goes as well to the, I mean, Andrew Little has uh, announced that he that they're going to be expediting the looking into hate speech laws, and it is, a, it is a hell of a difficult thing to kind of try and reconcile those two conflicting Ambitions, one of which is to stop the kind of uh, blowing on the embers of hatred, which lead to, in their worst mm. example to what we saw in Christchurch, and also trying to protect free speech, which um, whether or not you want to join the free speech coalition is still a value that most of us feel is an important part of democracy. It's a, it's a hell of a difficult one to square, right?
2: Yeah, I'm frustrated by the attitude that, like, freedom of speech is an absolute right and people carry on about it like Americans carry on about the right to bear arms yeah. like actually stop being ridiculous you don't get to be a straight up fuckwit because you think you have an absolute right to.
3: I kind of think you know like at the, at the core of all of this is if we had a nation that knew more about its past and mm. accepted you know where you came from, Toby, and you knew where I came from, and um, all the water under the bridge that went, you know, through the New Zealand Wars and all the legislation that was taken, the loss of land, and all those kinds of things, and then the consequences to it. We would be in a better place to be able to accept free speech because we'd be in a place of understanding. Uh, but this is kind of in a vacuum of like misinformation, all these things that happen. You know, we had a prime minister who went to Waitangi in 2018 and talked about the two footy, the two houses being too far apart. And I think that the problem for this government is that they might do more karakia and do a few more mihi at Parliament and feel like things are getting better. But actually, out there on the streets, you know, it's still a rough place to be. If you uh, identify as Maori, it's a hard place. It's hard to identify as Maori in this day and age because you just get shot down in social media. Um, probably needs to be looked at because that's a really easy place for people with no names and no faces to take you out.
1: Thanks, May. That's probably a good note to uh, leave you on. Um, thanks for coming to join us today. That's very cool.
3: Oh, my sugar rush. I've had the sugar rush and now I'm down. She's crashing. crashing. Um, so there's a lot
1: yeah. more, more. There crashing. is a lot more slushy out there in the office. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just to get yeah. you back to the office. A <laughs> lot more. In fact, if anyone is in Morningside, please come and <laughs> finish this stuff. We've got to give it back this afternoon. But
3: plant some trees, though, for uh, the energy.
1: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Annabelle Lee-Matha. Thank you, Mangani Forbes. Thank you, Ben Thomas. Thank you, Tilda Tiller. I'm Toby Manho. Thank you, Flick. Um, go and look on any politics page and you can Click through and get a sweet deal on your electricity. We'll be back soon. Next episode is our 50th Gone by Lunchtime. Wow! We're wow. going to have slushies. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Kia ora etewi. Kia hi he padla here, podcast manager at the spin off.